Welcome to BusinessWorks. This is Hal Alpiar along with Johnny Stites. And we spent last show talking about how to uh, attract quality employees. And then we've been, we started talking about keeping them and how that would happen. So what we're going to try to do now is get into the next stage of that. We left off with a discussion of the importance of goal setting and being specific and flexible and realistic and having a deadline or a due date or a timeline, whatever you want to call that, um, and putting it in writing and and following that goal direction to make things work for you in terms of how you find and how you manage quality employees. And that will change with the market. And uh, Johnny had a point that we were going to kind of bring up here about how the market has changed because of this economy. Yes, that's right. I think how the National Federation of Independent Businesses, which represents the people that provide all the new jobs, small business provides up to 70% of all new jobs that are introduced into the economy each and every year. So it's important to listen to what those people say. And what they're saying is this is the second highest level of optimism since they began tracking data back in 1983 when Reagan was president. And it's reached the highest level of optimism in 34 years, which is also during Reagan's time. So we've got an opportunity here, I think, to help people understand who have small business, you better get your, you better get your stuff together because you're not going to attract people in this market unless you're, you've got the right message. Well, the data that we've been looking at and that many small business owners feel instinctively is that now is a very good time to expand business and make it grow. And that goes hand in hand with the need to increase the number of employees. So coming back to the main topic today of keeping and managing quality employees as opposed to just loading up with people to, to do tasks, but to really decide how to find qualified people and what kind of wage level will be required, what's the difference, what other things can be offered, how do you do this? Um, maybe you could start out, Johnny, with an idea or two. Uh, you had mentioned something to me about one of the ways that you had uh, when you were with your your family company ha that you rewarded people instead of that you didn't have to just automatically think you had to pay people more. Well, one thing people don't realize is that when the minimum wage is raised, every wage is everybody's wage is raised. Because you have to keep a distance between the unskilled and the skilled. So if you raise the minimum wage a dollar and a half or two dollars, you're going to get at least that much on everybody else in the pack. So you're basically just increasing inflation with no benefit. So what are some other things you can do uh, besides paying cash? I mean, people love money, but what, what other things can make can serve to motivate it's important that we, as we look at our businesses, that we understand where the market is in terms of the salaries. And while we don't have to be the highest paid in the market, we've got to be reasonable. We've got to have people coming to work for us feel like that they're not getting shortchanged on their salary. Once you get to that level, then other issues start to take over. As I said, recognition and appreciation was number one. Culture is number two. I think it, these kinds of things are what we can work on, but it takes time and effort to do it. What's a practical application of what you're saying? Well, for one thing, as I mentioned, uh, when, when I used to in the early days, 
let's say to some worker, man, you've done a great job here. I always got the question, so am I going to get a raise? Because I had not given any way to tie performance to pay. And so the only way they knew to get more money was to, when I said you did well, well, how about giving me more money then? So it was really a disincentive because I hadn't done that. So how do you work around that? So I started working with employees to come up with a way to tie performance to evaluation so that we evaluated all the employees, fully evaluated them with a 360 evaluation with somebody above them, somebody below them, and somebody in their peer group. By doing that, we had everybody's idea and perception of the contribution this individual is making to the company. And we told them that if you didn't improve some way, either improve yourself, improve your team, or improve the company in a way that could be financially measured, the last one had to be financially measured. Because everybody said, hey, I work hard, I did a good job, I must have improved the company. No, give me a way. I'll give you an example. One guy came up with a way to clean off marble that had all kinds of stains on it in a restroom. He cleaned that off using WD-40. It saved us hundreds of dollars on the job. And so we were able to factor that into our cost savings. And he got a bonus, as did the other people on the job. When you weren't talking about cash that's a great example but you you gave me another one the other day we talked about something uh, uh tool belts or something Is yeah that- well one year instead of giving people ham for christmas or a turkey for christmas we gave them uh tool boxes that had uh electric tools about as i remember about Four or five hundred dollars worth of electric Maybe tools. Maybe they'd rather have ham and turkey, Johnny. I mean, <laughs> well, they might have, but it, it, they, the tools were something they could use in their You're business, right about that. and That's it made them much idea. more productive for us. <laughs> yeah, sure and it, it was is. a gift that they could benefit from. Yeah, you only eat the turkey or ham once. That's it. But the tools last <laughs> That's right. a lifetime. That's sure. right. So we felt like that this method was a way that we could really help the employees get better at what they were doing and feel good about what they were doing. And you know what? We They started asking for uh, logoed uh, pieces of uh, clothing with our company name on it. Never had done that before. So we gave out those kinds of, of uh, products for them. We've, I think the biggest thing we did, though, was just put their name in the paper and our newsletter. Oh, we put stickers on their helmets. Yep. And we had all kinds of recognitions. So that do people coming on board would say, well, what do I have to do to get a sticker on my helmet like that? Uh, let's stop with that for a minute because that's a terrific thought to end with for this segment, and we'll be back in a minute. Welcome back. Johnny, uh, you were just finishing up a, a thought there about um, how to reward people, and, and one of the ideas there was, was not cash. It was not merchandise, but it was a form of recognition? Yes, um, we, since we re- did believe what Gallup said in their poll, the recognition and appreciation by the employer were two things that people really did desire. It's number one on the list. Then we started trying to figure out how can we do that. So we recognized uh, birthdays. We recognized events that were happening in their family, uh, births, deaths. We recognized people's uh, hardships and people's successes. They were outside of business. I think it helped uh, the people working in the business 
to have more of a feeling of a culture and a feeling of love and concern for each other. So it helped our culture. And so people enjoyed coming to work with people they thought cared about them. Now, when you're doing this sort of thinking, it's really important that you make use of what you know about your employees. And so if you're running a business, one of the things you want to do is stay as tuned in as you can to learn more about what your employees are going through each day. And and a, a practical example of this, uh, companies that I've worked with uh, many times over and have had situations where owners of the businesses would just throw cash at people for things. Well, once you give someone a raise, you've got to live with that raise. That's going to stay there. You, you can't all of a sudden pull money away once you're paying it. So one of the thoughts is that the more that you know about the person that you are looking to reward, the better it is. And how do you apply that? Well, let's say that someone is doing a really exceptional job, but you've found out through the grapevine or through somebody that this particular person seems to be coming in late for work pretty regularly and that it always appears to be due to the fact that they have a tire blowout on the way to work. Well, you know, obviously a person needs some new tires and and if you – you go out and this, and I've had this happen, and the owner goes out and buys a set of new tires for the employee. Um, they are grateful beyond belief. It is a one-time expense. It's not like giving a raise. They don't have to come up with cash. They work out some arrangement, and the employee is thrilled to have that kind of personalized attention. Well, this all goes back to something I used to teach in college, which was called Maslow's Hierarchy. And Maslow's a guy, a a psychologist who developed a theory that all of us go up and down a – if you imagine a triangle and a bunch of stairs on each side, we go up and down those steps all the time. So at the very bottom is the basic level, food, shelter, clothing that each of us need. At the top is self-actualization. And in between are all these other things like security and things like that. So – Knowing where your people are on a little ladder like that and what kinds of things are most important to them puts you in a position of being able to reward them without necessarily giving them raises and, in fact, probably getting a higher level of spiritual participation and energy and enthusiasm for what they're doing than even if you had given them cash. Um, it, it it but it takes a lot of work. You have to be very tuned in. You have to really pay attention to what people's needs are, what level they're at. If somebody is struggling for food, clothing, and sheltering, that's a shelter. That's a whole lot different than if they are worried about getting a security system or putting a fence around their property, or um, if they want to be recognized in with a plaque or in a newspaper article. Uh, whatever it is. They're all different levels of things that reward. So what I'm saying is to focus on the individual and learn as much as you can about the individual so that whatever you do in the way of rewarding their performance is appropriate for them. I feel like, too, that it's important that this any money you pay to people is tied to something. If you pay somebody more money just for living another year, you're doing them a great disservice. There's no way they can justify that. But if you pay them for actual performance, for actual goals met, for actual 
standards that they have achieved, then you're paying them because they've earned it. And that's that's a different thing. I've actually offered people a $2,000 a year raise, and they quit because their expectations was that I'm, I should get $4,000 because I didn't have any way to tie the pay to the to the performance at that point in time. So you see people who are fall, go to the mat for pay on an annual basis based on the fact that they just lived in other years, not tied to any performance. But that is a terrible way, in my opinion, to to resource people and to treat them like they're just a piece of meat. The ones you really want to succeed are the ones that are doing the job, whether that is construction or whether it's being a lawyer or whether you're being a teacher or whatever the issue is, you want to tie it to their performance. And there are those who say, oh, you can't do that to my job because my job can't be evaluated. Every job can be evaluated, but you need metrics, which is what we're going to talk about in our next show. Yes, um, but on, on to follow up on your point, um, I just recently walked into a local real estate office and I had um, – uh, because I'm friends there with uh, the people and I had been there a couple of times before recently and there's a young man that had started working there who uh, just is charming and bright and has a wonderful attitude and it seems to uh, ignite positive things with everyone around him. I have always been – each visit, you know, I'm always happy to see him as I come in the door. And this last visit, I walked in and he had on a, a just a terrifically handsome shirt uh, with a little logo on it that – and really little, but it was just a – it was a really nice shirt. It was appropriate for everything, for the day and his situation and all. And I complimented it on it and he just beamed from ear to ear – that he had just been given that by the owner uh, as, a, as a little thank you for all of the positive energy he puts into the staff. He was thrilled with that. He just couldn't stop talking about it, and it was he, everyone around him was smiling. You know, It was a great thing. We're going to take a break here and come back in a minute, so we thank you. This is BusinessWorks. Welcome back to BusinessWorks. This is Hal and Johnny, and we were talking about keeping and managing quality employees and using recognition and appreciation and inspiration. And we've talked about different ways of doing that. Uh, uh, Johnny, I wanted to ask you because I, one of the things that I've learned and taught over the years is, uh, is a, an old-time theory that really works in management and it's called management by walking around or MBWA. And it, it – it is very important to get out there and spend time with people on the job and find out how they're doing, find out what they're doing, what the problems are they're dealing with, what the customers have to say to them that they might not say to you as the owner, um, what their observations are about the jobs they're working on and try to collect that information and put it together. That gives you a platform for being able to keep and manage quality employees. And Johnny, you've certainly in construction work, uh, you have to be out there in the field, so to speak, on the job a lot more than um, an accountant's office, for example. It's just location. The accountant still has people in other offices that he goes around <laughs> okay. to. But but outside, you know, in the outside world, in the air. Yes. <laughs> well, I think uh, I was always amazed 
at how important my visit with somebody was to them. And field managers or superintendents would tell me, man, you just don't know how much it means to these men for you to come out here and just see what they're doing and say a few things to them. They'll talk about that for weeks. I just feel like that so many things we say as bosses and as leaders and as managers can make a difference and make a huge difference yeah. and really affect the outcome of it, the people we work with. I, I think you're right about that. There's no doubt about it, actually. Um, I've, I've found that the whole idea, like I said, of walking around and talking with people on the job, get a sense of what they're dealing with, um, offer input, suggestions, and thoughts, and collect them. You know, ask what people think about the job they're doing. What about the tools they're using? What about the um, directions they're being given? Uh, what about the customers and the clients and what they think? What and, can I do to help you do your job yeah, better? what can I do to help you do your job? That's a great line. I asked that question, and one of the men told me, well, you could pay me some of the money we're saving you. I said, that's a good idea. So I began to think about how can we get people in the field to think like the owner, meaning the owner of the business, right. so that we could pay them some of the savings that we would make if we were there, but they made because they're there. So we ended up uh, measuring our people on four things. One was... Whether or not this client said at the end of the job they were delighted with the work we did. The second thing was whether or not anybody got hurt. And we made it a rule in our company that if you see an M unsafe act, you can stop work right there. Any person that labor on the job could stop the work if he saw an unsafe condition or an unsafe act. It meant that they were each holding each other accountable, accountable for safety, accountable for the way we present ourselves to the owner. So it made it difficult for somebody to come on the job and just have a I don't care attitude because everybody else knew they were going to lose some of the profits of the job if somebody got hurt or if an owner didn't say they were delighted with the work. So they were self-policing, right. as it were. The third thing we did was we gave them uh, – an extra bonus if they finished on time because in construction we are known for not doing what we say, not coming when we say, not finishing when we say. And so we wanted to be different. We wanted our owners to know that we were different, to realize that we were different. So we made a significant effort toward that end. And finally, if they were able to save money, not by cutting corners, but by doing work more smarter, to be smart in the way they approach things, we were able to save money, and our employees came up with so many inventive ways to work smart instead of hard. Then those four things were the things we always measured, and if we felt like if we could have a job where we finished on time, nobody got hurt, the owner said they were delighted with the work, and we saved some money in the process— that was a successful job. That's a, that's a terrific. Uh, and we even uh, gave them bonuses. Yeah, that's a terrific bit of information. Yeah, and, and we even gave them bonuses if they accomplish the first three but save no money. Right, right. Well, you mentioned something to me the other day about um, going out on a job 
and uh, concrete slabs. Do you remember that little story you told me? And uh, that that so in other words, there are. This is also an opportunity for you as the boss to observe and learn. Yeah. As well as to help and advise. Well, one of the things I brought all my guys together one time on the job, and I said, "Guys, do you think this owner knows what a quality job is?" And they said, well, yeah, I guess he does. I said, well, does he know when you pour four inches instead of six inches of concrete? No, he's not usually out here with a measurement doing that. Well, does he know whether it's 4,000 PSI or 3,000 PSI? Does he even know the difference in the two? No, that's up to us. And I went down a litany of items trying to help them to see that the owner really had no expertise. Now, they might sometimes have hired architects, but... Bless her heart, the architects didn't always know what a quality job looked like. So my goal was to help them to understand, well, what would then make the owner think we were quality or not quality? Well, I guess it's when we kept the project clean. I said, exactly. They were making their perceptions of your quality based on things that were peripheral to quality. Such as? Keeping the job clean, keeping the paper off the ground, having all of your equipment put up neatly, having the... So uh, cups and wrappers and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, even, and even sweeping out the job and keeping the dirt and the crap, the cleanup and, that you and had why, to do. why is that important? Well, because for one thing, if a job is clean, you notice when things are out of place. And if things are out of place, somebody might get hurt or somebody might trip over uh, rocks or Blocks or and how, brick. how does that help the impression of somebody that's having a concrete slab put in? What, what, what? Well, their impression is if it's a clean job, it must be a quality crew, uh, and they're doing quality work. Okay. And so they, we would get high marks just by keeping the job clean. And one owner asked me one day, he said, why do the laborers on this job keep asking me if I am delighted with the work? And I said, because... They're going to get a bonus from me out of my money if you say that because I want everybody on this job interested in your job being a great job and you delighting the client. You have no idea of what a sense of comfort that gave to the owner. Mm-hmm. His his I countenance imagine. just changed. Yep. Whereas he was worried about the job, now he's no longer worried. And it was because he knew every person on that job is finishing that job and absolute, absolutely like it was his own job. So I feel like that was very helpful to us. And every owner should have those kind of markers. All great points to keep in mind in terms of looking for and keeping quality employees. Thank you for listening. This is Hal and Johnny. We look to be back with you next week. And we will be talking about managing employees to build yourself a customer-client base, and we'll look forward to speaking with you then.